Greetings, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast, episode number 170, our season six finale, with the folks from Mongoose talking about modernizing student outreach through things like chatbots and texting and uh, kind of omni-channel uh, communications. So uh, really fun conversation. They are fellow podcasters. Uh, we are linking out to their show in the show notes that you should definitely check out uh, called For Your Institution or FYI. Uh, so yeah, just a really fun, lively conversation, but very relevant. Um, always good to be thinking about how are you uh, reaching out to your students smarter, um, but the right things at the right time and the right modality. Uh, but this is also an important episode, uh, uh, you know, as it's a season finale. Uh, we will not be posting any kind of new regular episodes and maybe some uh, special bonus and rebroadcast episodes next month before we are back with season seven uh, in January. Uh, and there's uh, more fun news that should be coming out in the coming months and weeks as well. Uh, for the show moving forward into the future. But uh, we've also been doing this show for five years uh, as of this month of November, which is wild. Uh, so this is kind of just a spiritual successor to uh, the Student Affairs Collective podcast for anybody who has listened all the way back since then. Uh, thank you so much for sticking with me. But this has just been such an incredible opportunity for me to continue doing something that I really enjoy uh, talking about the field and work that I am so passionate about and uh, this is something that has just led to some really awesome opportunities uh, for full-time work and freelance jobs and meeting just incredible people. So I'm very grateful for everyone that's given time to be a guest, uh, to listen, to share out the show, to buy merch and all that good stuff. Uh, so uh, really excited for uh, the future to come and just uh, to keep finding new incredible opportunities to uh, kind of be of service to the field, uh, moderating and facilitating these conversations and uh, just, uh, again, thank you all so much for, for listening and supporting the show. Uh, so with all of that, without further ado, here is our season six finale, episode 170 with the fine folks from Mongoose. So we have two great folks with us today uh, as our guests for the podcast, which uh, is always a treat to have uh, just uh, more than one person just to bring in uh, more perspectives on uh, a singular topic. So um really excited for this to talk uh Something that I can never get enough of really is how we sort of uh, communicate and reach out to students, connect with them, you know, share information and make sure that they are uh, set up for success as possible um, in a myriad of ways, whether that's, you know, uh, earlier in their journey or as they are uh, preparing to graduate and enter the workforce and all that good stuff. So, um, yeah, we will start out as we always do with introductions and overviews of professional backgrounds, how our guests got to be where they are today. So um, we'll start with you, Mike, and then go to you, Greg. Yeah. Well, I'm Mike Kuczynski. I'm the client engagement manager here at Mongoose. And uh, wow, I've spent my entire career in and around higher education. you got to keep this under 20 minutes. I'll do my best. Okay. So there's uh, Canisius College, University at Buffalo, Towson University, Loyola, Maryland, or Loyola University, Maryland. You're already is, doing a terrible job. Yes. Uh, and then uh, came back to Canisius and now I'm at uh, Mongoose. But I've always worked in and around student engagement on college campuses. Some of that's been in athletics, some of that's been in admissions and undergraduate recruiting, some of that's been in grad recruiting, um, really kind of been all over the board, even some annual uh, giving and alumni engagement. So very excited to talk about students and engagement and digital engagement and all the things you have for us today, Dustin. Mm -hmm. All right. So Mike failed to talk about how much he knows. Mike knows a lot. I like having him as a co-host and colleague. Um, I am nervous being on a higher ed geek podcast because I'm not a geek. 
I'm not techie. I'm a communication person. (laughs) So I started out in radio and communications, did some stand-up, got into marketing, and basically my life is a lesson how no one cares about you unless you're giving them what they want. Um, And you can resent that or you can do what you need to do to help people. So I specialize in, you know, communicating in a way that helps someone and getting to the point as soon as possible. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so you do both uh, host a podcast together for Mongoose, which I think is just uh, great. Always love to see more folks uh, doing this and can already tell that uh, uh, the the banter will be off the charts for today's episode, which I'm very excited for. Um, but uh, yeah, just for folks to have a quick context um, to kind of explain a bit of what Mongoose does. So if you want to kind of give the elevator pitch on that, we'll start with you on this one, Greg, and then uh, Mike, if you have anything to chime in with, we can... Uh, Uh, give you some space here as well. Sure. Mongoose enables the right communications with the right people at the right times. We help students, alumni, and staff reach their goals and aspirations. Uh, We do that through an engagement platform called Cadence. Yes. And it's really about making every message count, whether it's in chatbots, whether it is through texting, um, but making sure that every message is impactful and um, guides the student, alumnus, alumna, parent, whoever, faculty member, um, you know, to the next step, whatever needs to be done. Beautiful. Yeah. And I think this is something that we're, uh, I mean, thankfully seeing a lot more of, uh, showing up in higher education. I think people are familiar with this, uh, you know, these sort of tools from, you know, any myriad of, uh, websites that they might go to and, you know, their day-to-day life. But, you know, for students, it's, it's such a unique experience. Uh, they're, you know, uh, deeply engage in their studies for uh, however long they're at the institution and are just going to need a lot of support, need a lot of different things at different moments from different people. So exactly. And what you're saying, Greg, is, uh, you know, uh, very reassuring to hear, you know, tools that are sort of really contouring around students to uh, get them exactly what they need. So, um, you know, we are experiencing, though, sort of a moment where, you know, students are increasingly entirely online or hybrid uh, to varying extents, you know, having some classes uh, be fully online courses while they're living on campus and all these sort of things. So, you know, they're on campus, they're out working, they're, you know, perhaps uh, adult learners and all these different makeups of students with different needs and different ways they need to be uh, communicated with and connected with. So, you know, this current landscape that's been sort of, uh, you know, very much disrupted over the past couple of years, uh, you know, what do you think you know, how do you, how do you get kind of your arms around this current landscape? Um, we'll start with you on this one, Mike, and then we'll kind of segue into sort of the, the best practices, but just sort of like, you know, what's the snapshot of kind of what you're seeing out in the uh, kind of the higher ed landscape right now when it comes to the student communication? Yeah. When we talk about the last few years, that's usually code for COVID and the pandemic and the changes institutions need to make. And this might be a hot take, here to hear first, Dustin. I think COVID nineteen, the pandemic, a lot of the changes that institutions need to make. It those events were accelerants. They weren't game changers. There mm-hmm. were institutions who were positioned to be very digital or digital first, and there were institutions that were not. And the ones that were not had to catch up pretty quickly. But I think regardless of the technology you're using, the engagement you're using, students require more personalization than before. This generation in particular, Gen Z, has a higher level of expectation compared to previous generations. So I think personalization is important. I also think that 
making sure that the the messaging and the language every piece of content that your institution is putting out is is very impactful and easy to understand we had guests on our podcast yesterday who talked about acronyms and language and institutions seeming to take pride in using admissions terms and they discourage that and i would completely agree it should be very easy for students parents alumni, whoever, to see what they need to do, when they need to do it, how to do it, and to know the next steps. And I think one of the aims for Mongoose with Cadence is we want there to be a channel there for people who do need that additional human support. So the things that can be automated can be automated and are easy, and staff can focus on the more difficult, tricky human things. You didn't give the link to our podcast. You know, you got to give didn't. the link. <laughs> We will we will put that in the show notes, but you know, so did, don't worry about that. You don't have to like recite the whole URL. I, so I did <laughs> want to add one note to that, Dustin. Although Mike um, spoke very eloquently, um, uh, higher ed folks listening to this, whether it's keeping students or attracting students, it's you're also competing against just brands and how well they communicate with students and um, the world as it is now as people questioning whether or not they should even go to school. Should I go back to school to further my career? What should I do? Um, so schools need to help them through that process or they're going to decide not to. So it's a uh, very big decisions are being made. So the technology you mentioned, um, everything um, has to be on point just because you're competing against constant bombardment with messages. I, it's unbelievable. Um, you know, how many messages you get a day. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So there's a lot of noise out there. And, you know, for better or worse, you know, Gen Z has come up in this world where, you know, we all get sort of personalized recommendations, you know, tailor made and served right up to us and all that. And, you know, I think that that is like, you know, it's a positive thing. I think there's also something to be said for sort of just like, you know, stumbling upon something or whatever else. But regardless, yeah, like they want things that are sort of, uh, uh, personalized, like you said. So like the, those are sort of, um, yeah, some of the big takeaways is like, how do you break through the noise? How do you personalize it? And, you know, the different, you know, mediums. And I do think like, you know, the more friction and hurdles that students have to like push through, you know, eventually they are just going to give up because they're like, yeah, it's, it's not worth it. Or, mm-hmm. you know, those sort of things. And that there's, it's just a heightened level of scrutiny to begin with, you know. Uh, and then sometimes it's just not, not even that much that's just going to have somebody just kind of give up because it's like, yeah, I can go do any number of other things in my life so easily. Like, why does this have to be so hard? Or, you know, looking for an answer to something I've been combing over the website or, you know, whatever else. So we're talking about this in a, in, in the scope of technology. But, you know, I, I think on campuses, one of the things that institutions need to realize is, um, you know, students at most campuses have a variety of choices on how they could spend their time. So yes, every second that they are combing on a website, uh, that they are doing something they don't want to do, pulls them away from something much more enjoyable. And in my experience, oftentimes administrators, through no fault of their own, they expect certain student behavior. They expect students to go to particular events or do certain student organizations, et cetera. But um, you know, if those experiences aren't great, aren't unique, aren't special, aren't delightful, um, you know, the students won't show up. And it's important that technology also reflect a great experience on campus for the students. That's something just generally, you know, you have to kind of like get outside of yourself a little bit is like challenging assumptions about, you know, because I think that's sometimes where, 
you know, traditionally people think about, you know, when you're just sort of like, okay, every student who has like, you know, submitted an application, you know, they've been accepted or whatever, we're just sending mass emails that just say like, go do the things and do all that or whatever. And it's like, how about you maybe like challenge your assumptions as to like, is that really breaking through the noise, you know, for all the students? Can you figure out, you know, uh, you know, who, who isn't doing what you need them to and, and why would that be the case? Can you like, you know, give them a call, send them a text, do different things and like, you know, um, kind of pinpoint and kind of triage or whatever other words sort of optimize, you know, what you're doing versus kind of just, you know, everything you do is just sort of these massive, you know, generic, uh, you know, things. It's like, yes. And I would hope that anyone is doing, you know, a little bit more than that. But um, yeah, so I think, um, yeah, and I guess that now it's also ringing in my head of just sort of like, because this comes up in a lot of ways in life is that idea of like, time you know the privileged few people who are you know uh, just have more resources are going to have more time because like they don't have to work and like they can just sit there for a very long time and you know try to figure out the answers or different things like that but it's like you know i'm i'm from an underrepresented background i have to work full time i've got family obligations and all this and i'm trying to figure out am i able to you know find a program that's going to be a good fit for me and how do I apply and get all these other questions answered. But it's like, yeah, I don't have the luxury of time uh, amidst everything else going on to, um, you know, just sit with this. So, you know, that's something that I've thought a lot about is just sort of the time debt uh, as that comes in, you know, now we're trying to, um, you know, especially just because it's such a zeitgeisty thing of just sort of like, you know, develop workforces, you know, get people more gainful employment, uh, employment and, you know, tech careers and all that. It's like, great. Yeah. We've got a lot of this sort of like infrastructure set up and different programs and options and stuff like that. But like, you're probably still not going to reach the people that you're looking for if like, yeah, there's just sort of this cumbersome obstacle course between, you know, this person and them applying confidently to the right program and they have all their questions answered and all those sort of things. So, um, yeah, well, I mean that the, the t- technology is sort of the tool to help kind of bridge that gap, uh, you know, however it sort of shows up. Yes, and I'm happy you brought that up because technology is is just the tool, right? And so you mentioned, you know, texting students, calling students. I am fortunate enough with my alma mater to have a relationship where I mentor some students, and um, four of the five seniors that I work with they have they they hate texting they don't want to text they want to call which is very atypical that Mm. is not normal for our clients that is not normal i think even for my alma mater but i think it's important to to treat students like individuals but um you know going back to what you were saying too about these cumbersome processes extrapolate that out now right so a student has graduated from the institution they're working they may or not have a family they're they're doing all the other things in their life what do you think is going to happen when that institution sends the annual giving note or sends them an email or post on social media, Hey, giving day is coming up this October. They're going to tune it out. Right. Because Mm -hmm. their experience was, yeah, I was one of many school didn't make me feel special. Didn't felt like, didn't feel like I uh, gained anything different than I would have at any other institution. So we should constantly aim to, um, minimize those experiences as much as possible and make things as personal and delightful as we can, which obviously easier said than done, right? It's hard to do at scale. Using something like Cadence makes it a little bit easier, but that should be our end goal. Yeah, so I think we, we kind of answered the the back half a bit, um, sort of the, the best practices um, 
you know, when it comes to the student outreach and considering I'm sure we're going to keep kind of, you know, sort of bleeding that into our conversation here, but I, I kind of want to, um, I'll bounce back to you, Greg, for this, but like, you know, so we're talking a lot about sort of the current landscape, the problems and some of the solutions and stuff. So say, you know, an institution has some uh, gaps that they have bridged uh, by, you know, any which way. What do you see as sort of the outcomes of effective student alumni, you know, outreach and everything? I think you're sort of alluding to that. So I kind of want to build on that, Mike. But like, Greg, what do you see as some of those tangible outcomes when you're sort of implementing, um, you know, more effective sort of uh, outreach and communication and process at a university? Uh, it's not a fun answer for someone with this problem because um, I think it's not one channel. Like, you know, obviously we have a texting an engagement platform. I'd love to tell you that fixes everything, but um, I guess the term omni-channel has been used a lot, but um, students aren't going to answer their phone. We know that. Uh, if you're listening to this and you're calling students as the only way to get hold of them, um, you know that that doesn't work by now. Everyone knows that doesn't work by now. So, you know, texting works, but also email works. And you just, you have to use those channels with each other in order to reach someone, you have to send a text and tell them they just got an email or send an email and ask if they got that text or have the chat bot there and make sure that when they come to your website, they know, you know, OK, this is how my question could be answered. And that chat needs to give someone uh, give give out the text number to someone like you, you need to hit as many channels as possible um, to guide people, you know, through the process, because it's it's an impossibly complex process. And uh, even when the um, folks are already at your institution learning, they're going to have questions. So you have to keep it up. Um, I think, uh, I don't know, I'm kind of neurotic and I hate myself. So I'm always worried that I'm talking too much and asking too many questions and bothering people. So it's tough for me to get into this mindset. But you're not over texting someone if you're helping someone. You're not giving them too many emails, even if they never reply to a single email. As long as they're not unsubscribing, they're fine. They know where to get that information. They're going to search key in their inbox and find what they need because they know you're constantly bombarding them with emails. Now, I mean, not five a day, but if you're sending fewer than one a week, you're probably not serving your constituents. So um, it's a lot of communication. Make it short. Always make yourself available for questions, no matter what medium you're using. Um, and that, that includes letters. Like how impactful would it be to get a letter in the mail? You know, like um, be creative pay attention to what's working at your institution, of course, and um, just make sure you're using more than one channel to get a hold of them. I hope that, uh, I mean, it's such a big answer, but I hope that was at least a broad stroke. Well, yeah, I guess because, yeah, that kind of builds off, you know, yeah, sort of the best practices kind of piece. And I'm, I'm just curious. So, you know, yeah, say an institution is doing kind of that omni-channel approach, like what's the impact of that, like tangibly, like, I don't know what you all see as you sort of work with people, uh, you know, institutions when they're, making shifts like this because clearly they're like something isn't working here because you know student retention or satisfaction or you know whatever else just isn't where we want it to be or you know alumni giving whatever it might be you know so you know when they're, when they're doing this how does it sort of like show up i guess because it's i know it's not going to be sort of like just flipping a light switch and it changes overnight but like you know i don't know just anything that sort of gets to um you know sort of the um, sort of the impact of this, because I think there, there's some of those like quantitative pieces that I'm sure you can measure, but then like some of the other pieces of just how sort of a institution runs and how students feel and um, those sort of things. So I guess any anecdotes or reflections on that? And, and Greg, if you want to keep keep with this or 
Um, oh, we were pointing at each other because we both have <laughs> answers for this. I'm going to let Michael first because he pointed first, but yeah. There are very specific instances where clients have decreased ad drop. They've increased retention. They have increased the number of deposited students. They've decreased melt. Um, they've raised more dollars and, and all those things are possible. You can find them all on mongooseresearch.com. And, and there's micro stories too, as well. There's an institution in the upper Midwest where a director, I believe of the nursing program, uh, along with the director of student retention actually texted a student, um, during their cancer treatment process and help the students navigate deadlines and essentially graduate on time. Uh, which is pretty incredible. And those are the stories I'm most proud of. But I think taking a step back, whether it's, you know, Mongoose and, and buying our platform cadence or, or any of our competitors, any CRMs you're using, before you invest in that technology and really use it, you should think about the goal first and think about, okay, like what do we really want to improve on our campus? Because whether it's cadence, whether it's, like I said, any of our competitors, you know, you should be using that tool to drive towards a, a particular goal. And that goal should ideally be measurable for the institution. And then from there, you can tweak the messages you send if it's cadence and texting. You can tweak the, what we call playbooks, but essentially the what the bot will do on a website um, to achieve those particular outcomes or those particular goals. See, I, uh, I love that answer, Mike. Mike just speaks well. Um, I get a little more emotional and dramatic with my answers because I've spent an entire life failing or not trying. And you think about that, like, you know, are you afraid to do something? Do you not just understand something? And the examples Mike's talking about, and we hear it from schools all the time, like, oh, this um, uh, this student sent, you know, I got I sent a text to a student saying, hey, there's still time to apply. And they're like, oh, my goodness. I didn't know that I can still apply and there's still eight steps and they texted them through those eight steps in one afternoon and they see that student on campus all the time. So we have examples of that, but it really is one text that can make a big difference. One email, one outreach by, because uh, people quit when they don't, you know, when they don't understand something, you know, it's so easy. There's so much going on in life that you can just quit. I've done it myself a bunch of times. That's how I ended up at Mongoose, just constantly failing at everything. That's a, that's a joke. I was trying to, trying to make Mike laugh. Um, no, but you, you, you know, you go through your life and you just need guidance and direction or clarity on something. And one text that's just offering help, even if they don't take you up on it right away. Um, it, it, it really does make a difference. And now there, I'm hoping in post-op you're adding like dramatic music <laughs> to what I'm saying to make it. Yes. Yeah. Just, um, may I add some stats to that as well? Yeah, absolutely. So yesterday we have a, a colleague of Greg and I's Jake, and I asked him for some stats because there's going to be a, a couple of uh, meetings where I had to cite things pretty quickly. And I was, I asked him, I was like, Jake, you know, how many texts do our clients actually send out? So we have just under 750 colleges and universities. We've sent 49.7 million texts and we've reached 2 point, or sorry, 12.7 million students. And of those 12.7 that we've reached, 2.1 million have responded. So there's at least one response. And so a lot of times when I work with our client institutions, they're one of the first questions they ask is, well, what's a good response rate? Mm. And, you know, response rate, those sorts of metrics really don't matter because there's going to be texts that say, Dustin, just a reminder, this thing's due. You know, like there's no need for there to be a back and forth. And then there's others where it's like, um, there's an institution in the Midwest as an example 
I love this use case. They will send out to all their new students, whether they are first year students, transfers, etc. We'll text them and say, hey, using a GIF or an emoji, how was your first week of, of class? And again, not so much on the quantitative side of things where that can be measurable, but you could identify the students that, you know, send the thumbs down uh, emojis or, um, you know, Robert Downey Jr. eye roll uh, GIFs, memes, whatever the case might be, and start to identify those students and say, okay, how can we re-engage those students or where did we lose them or how can we keep an eye on those? And in the same way, making sure that the students who were like me uh, were like on a sugar rush their first year of college and were just so excited and want to join every club and loved the freedom of being away from home. Uh, and we can like monitor those students and say, okay, it's great that you want to run for all these student organizations and write for the student newspaper, but like you got to keep the GPA up and, you know, we're going to help guide you through this process. So, you know, you don't, uh, you don't spin yourself into a disaster either. Something else that I really like to, um, want to, I, also just some like reflecting on just sort of I appreciate you navigating those numbers. It was like that was a lot. Um but yeah, I mean there's like such a huge scale and like so much to kind of analyze even just with sort of like a simple set of numbers or just sort of the uh the quantity of how much um you know is being sent out. But then like yeah not everything requires a response, but just even seeing how often mm-hmm. they do is is interesting. But yeah, so I think, you know, there's definitely a lot to be um excited for in the space because I think, you know, clearly uh, the work that you're doing is having that impact across the board from kind of, you know, the beginning of a student's journey to the end and after they graduate. So um, I'll, I'll stick with you first for this one, Mike, just like, what are you excited for with this space? Like you, you know, are just, you know, waist deep in it, kind of thinking and talking about it all the time and seeing these really great outcomes and everything, but just sort of looking ahead to the future, what are you really excited for? So text and chat, really and and when you look at the CRMs that have texting and chat features built into them as part of their uh, their feature suite so many of them started through enrollment management started through financial aid um, registration processes retention those sorts of areas and while that's fine that all works there's so much potential and I think probably better use cases in areas that people don't think about. So having faculty use a system like ours to to text their students so they're not using their personal device and they have that sense of privacy. Um, Using chatbots in athletics, right? So I call into, I don't know, we'll say University of Delaware, and I'm curious if I've donated enough to get uh, tickets to this section at Tubby Raymond Stadium, et cetera. Um, you know, so instead of calling the office, being on hold, getting transferred three times, just going on, you know, uh, and I'm sorry, Dustin, as an alumnus, what is their athletic website? Is it like go? Uh, TubbyRaymond.gov. <laughs> <Right. laughs> I think it's maybe something like because uh, with the blue hands, like, right. um, yeah, I'm not sure like how they maybe like if it's like just like gobluehands.com. Yeah. So instead of, you know, you <laughs> making all these phone calls. And, you know, trying to find all this information, just going to, you know, go bluehens.com and seeing like, okay, how much I give this year? How many more dollars am I away from, you know, getting the lacrosse package or, um, you know, hey, where did, where did, uh, where did most of the money go, uh, you know, from this particular giving society? So 
I think there's so many more use cases, and I think those use cases are probably even more intuitive than the ones that uh, that we built the technology for now. And I'll just quickly clarify, um, just because I don't want anybody to get bad at me. Um, yeah, they they just got bluehens.com, so good on them. Oh. No weird, you know, <laughs> URL. So bluehens.com would be where I go. But um, well, they so should sure. sponsor the show now, Dustin. Yeah. Now that we're you know publicizing. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully. We'll see. We'll see. My answer, like technology, yes. Um, they're just being in our buildings and seeing like that um four people can sit in a room for a week and develop like this really cool integration. Um it, it just leads you to believe that there's a lot more coming out technology wise from everyone working to improve their higher ed products and um, you know, fixing problems. That part's cool. I also think that just institutions themselves are going to have to change their thinking. And so it's kind of the whole landscape could change, you know, education as we see it because of like the frustrations and the, um, uh, the trepidations people have, like the entire industry could be changing and we're here for it. We get to help guide it. We get to help see it. We get to see the outcomes, um, better co- outcomes that students can have because it really does feel like um, going to the back to the beginning of the show when you mentioned the pandemic, you know, um, those changes now, everyone knows those changes have to be made. So um, we get to see them happening now and be a part of it. So that kind of excites me. Yeah, it is. It's so interesting though, too, because yeah, like with, you know, everything that was accelerated and everything that was sort of like uncovered through the pandemic, it's like it, it sort of laid bare a lot of problems and also sort of accelerated change that was already happening. Mm-hmm. You know, so you had all these people that were sort of ahead of the curve with, uh, you know, various practices and then the folks who are sort of playing catch up. But then it's like, I know for me, it's just like kind of with what you're saying, you know, people who are sort of like really putting their heads together to solve problems. And it's also like, okay, for you who is sort of like the naysayer for a very long time, we're sort of forced into this and now just having to maybe kind of reckon with like, okay, I guess we have to sort of rethink our, you know, outreach strategy to students. So like, then it's like, okay, well, how are we going to kind of balance out this equation with somebody like that who is maybe sort of you know looking for uh new tools and new processes and you know all those sort of things so i think that's something that's really interesting with you know um you know work that folks like you do so so as as we wind down though we we do like to ask kind of two uh standard questions so um i'll stick with you greg first for this one so it could just be like a thing or you know, whatever comes to mind um, of resources to share, you know, obviously we'll uh, be sharing out direct links to uh, Mongoose and your podcast and uh, ways to connect with uh, each of you, but um, just anything else, you know, books, articles, other podcasts uh, uh, that you'd want to share and give kind of a tip of the hat to. Um, So we'll start with you, Greg, and then go over to. Sure. Well, Michael punched me if I don't say FYI, that's our (laughs) podcast. Of course, everyone listening knows of the Chronicle, Um, great writing, not the most fun, but it's the reference for higher education. Mm-hmm. So everyone's in on that. Um, higher ed, uh, inside higher ed is a great resource, but I, I, I want to just give a different perspective and that's just looking outside of higher ed content for advice on communication and outreach, you know, um, kind of expand what you, you know, look into and know what your students are into so you can relate to them and solve their problems. So um, that that's not a direct answer that requires a little bit of homework, but find out what your students are, you know, where they're talking, what they're into, and make sure that you're um, participating in those circles, you know, seeing what's out there that um, students are paying attention to so you know what their problems are and you can help solve them. Well, yeah, that makes me think of just sort of like, social media in general, you can kind of like either like jump in 
or places you know places where it makes sense but also just take cues from just sort of like obviously there's just always been such a pressure on social about you know video or short from video and different things like that but yeah. Yeah. um something else i'll put as a cherry on top to your answer greg though is like one like look to others for how they sort of like do their communication and outreach but then also like look to others to see how they're talking about higher ed like yeah. because i think like the daily podcast just like released an episode about college price which i'm interested to listen to but it's like oh okay like you know things that are sort of like boiling up into like national headlines and stuff like that versus just like you know yeah like you know the, the many of us who get the the emails from the chronicles and inside higher eds of the world it's sort of like you know the more niche kind of uh mm-hmm. industry press that's like tailored to us but then like yeah, when it sort of bleeds over, it's interesting to see as well. But that is neat. Um, yeah. The kids yeah. love the higher red. It's getting big. Yeah. So other <laughs> outlets are covering it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go, go ahead, Mike. So uh, first of all, the great call in the daily. Uh, that's the Ron Lieber episode, correct? Maybe. Yeah. I, I just saw it in my feed, but it, it probably is. Yeah. It, yeah, it just, just came out as the recording of this episode. So. Uh, immediately check it out. It's, it's fantastic. He talks about sort of the misconceptions about uh, price and we're, the challenges actually lie um, because, you know, obviously for your listeners and for you, you know this, but maybe some people don't, um, you know, the sticker price of an institution is not at all what a student will typically pay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Ron gets into that. It's really well done. Um, yes. Obviously echoing FYI selfishly. I think we do a great job. Your podcast is great. I've listened to a bunch of episodes. Thank you. Thank you. Um, that was assumed. Now you made yes, me look bad because yeah. I didn't mention it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I'll, and I'll say too, you know, with our clients, I find so many of the best practices that I've had a hand in developing came from us seeing something an institution did and going, oh my, that's genius. We should have thought of that. And me kicking myself for about five minutes and then me picking up the phone and saying, hey, uh, you know, Justin, can we steal this idea? It was great. And 99% of the time institutions are, yeah, of course, uh, please share that idea. So if you're working with Mongoose, if you're working with any CRM, uh, any other engagement tool, um, you should talk to them and say, hey, are there other institutions, similar size, similar mission to us? Um, you know, what are they doing? Can I talk to them? Do you have conferences? Can can we all meet up at a conference? If we're all going to NACAC in, uh, you know, a week, can we, you know, grab coffee together? Because, you know, the word college comes from the Latin read together. Oh, my goodness. What? It's, we it's, almost made it a whole episode without you speaking Latin. <laughs> that's true. It's like, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, you know, we are, uh, you know, we're all in this industry together. You know, this industry has lots of challenges. And the only way we're going to get through those challenges is if we embrace less of the competition and more of the collaboration. Yeah. I mean, I do just appreciate how collaborative uh, industry uh, higher education is. So, um, yeah, I think, yeah, whether it's just at your institution, like I've always had really good experiences with that of sort of you know, getting together a little like jam sessions to kind of ideate on things or, um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to get back out to conferences. I think we're seeing, you know, uh, more and more having kind of more robust in-person experiences than also supplemented with, you know, online, uh, sort of tracks and everything. So, uh, I'm also just excited for that to kind of be a, a thing now, but, uh, yeah, so we'll wrap up, uh, though, with our final question, uh, asking for final thoughts or calls to action on, uh, our discussion today uh, to end the episode. So um, we'll start with you on this one, Mike, and then close with Greg. 
uh, every message you send out, everything you do should uh, should count. It should be impactful. So those messages, the chatbots you use, et cetera, should be as personalized as possible. Um, you should avoid the quote unquote blast, um, whether that be email, texting, et cetera. Um, you should really try to target your audiences and make sure that if you are encouraging people to go to a football game, that those people actually like football and, and don't hate football. So you should make sure that you are segmenting your audiences appropriately and sending messages in a timely manner for students, alumni, faculty, staff, whoever it's going to be to do what you need them to do. Mine's be brief. If someone is interested, they'll ask a follow-up. And that's where we'll end. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was like, ooh, should I ask a follow-up? Um, it's no, it's yeah, really so. insulting that you didn't ask a follow-up. And that, again, it means you're not interested. You can put this through post. <laughs> you can do whatever you need to do. Right. I can, I can, I can create yeah. reality myself. Right. Um, no, yeah, I, I definitely agree. Because I think that's what like I've always done is always try to like flow from like what someone says to sort of keep the conversation going because like yeah like it shows interest and yeah i mean there's going to be those times where if you send a brief really concise clear message and you know it is like compelling someone to take an action then it's like they might just take that action and like if it's if it's clear then they yeah they don't need to necessarily follow up but i think yeah if you're if you're uh, reaching out to the right person in the right time the right way like you're you're saying then you you likely will get a response because you are showing interest and you know sort of how things are going for them and you know if they, if they need some support and stuff but but we'll we'll let those final thoughts uh and calls to action kind of linger and marinate for folks i think they're really great and uh just appreciate you both for for hanging out and sharing all that you did and for um, just all the knowledge and fun that you brought to, uh, to this episode this is really great uh and uh yeah just uh thank you again for for your time thank you dustin it was yeah, awesome pleasure's all ours thank you dustin for having us Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode of the Higher Ed Geek podcast.